Yeah, Merlin, my name's Charles Funk. I'm the CEO of Heliostar Metals. Uh, we've just closed a genuinely transformative acquisition of Annapola from Argonaut Gold. Uh, we're fully funded to rescope Annapola as a high-grade underground, and we've started the journey, and I think we've got a long way to go to re-rate by doing that this year. Charles, thank you very much for the introduction. Nice to meet you. Um, the last interview you did with uh, Crux was, I think, at four in the morning, and it was... <laughs> some some ridiculous uh, uh arrangement um but you're traveling again at the moment so w w where are you now yeah this time i'm not in australia for christmas um we're at the zurich uh, we're in zurich for the denver gold forum and what's what's the mood what's what's the what, what are the takeaways you could, you've got so far from the conference yeah it's been quite interesting first of all it's the first time for us at the gold forum given the scale of the transaction it's it's certainly not they're not uber bullish. It's um, it's not quiet. It's probably somewhere in the middle. It fits that scenario that we're seeing where equities remain subdued despite the strength in, in precious metal prices. What's your dance card like? Because I always imagine the, 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 the Swiss funds to be pro-gold, to be very kind of fiscally uh, cautious regarding fiat currencies and to want to know and meet new gold equity stories even if they're not pulling the trigger i mean have you got lots of meetings yeah i think we're about 75 percent of our slots full and that's why i speak to that you know it's not every meeting's full we've got a few spots um each day uh, but we're also a very new story as well so maybe that's a function of less people know who we are um so yeah there's moderate moderate attendance moderate enthusiasm i think everyone thinks that they're here at the right time um but it's not it's not bullish, you know, uber bull right now. I think first prize for any of these um, conferences is when you get people buying on the back of the meeting that you've had, where, where, the, where they say, this is a this is a really new story. And I've, I've had it occasionally where they're actually buying stock in the meeting. You know, they're showing the, the, the screen of the purchase order. That's, that's, that's always good fun. Um, but I think second prize is... Um, building that relationship so you 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 lay down the marker of saying this is what we said you know when you come back the next time you said that's what we said we were going to do last time and this is what we've done absolutely it's the only way i've ever had any success and, and for a number of people at media that's exactly what we've done we'd laid out our plan um, of why we were buying annapola and um, we promised we could raise 15 million us to do it um, it wasn't easy to do that you know part of those conversations with matt were in the middle of that uh, but we got it done. You know, we raised 20.4 million Canadian. We got the transaction closed. We're on site. We'll be drilling probably in the next week to 10 days. Um, we are ticking those boxes. So it, it is hopefully reinforcing some of those deliverables with our investors. When you say, um, the, that interview was in, late, in December, Christmas time. Correct. Uh, and here we, are, here we are four months later. Does that mean you've had... Um, when did it actually close? I mean, have you have you managed to get three or four months work in? Or um... no, you've got us right at the beginning. So we closed four. So closed the financing three weeks ago. Um, returned to trade uh, two weeks ago. Um, formally closed the transaction um, about ten days ago. Um, so really got on the ground quickly. Got going quickly. Uh, we'll have drill rig at site any day now. Um, we're moving quite rapidly. Do you have kids by any chance? I do one and a half, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. But there's that, there's that, that the the similar or the analogy that I was going to draw on is that before you have kids, you you kind of think I've just got to get this deal done. I've got to get the deal done. I've got to close, and then everything I'll be able to breathe a sigh of relief, and and then then we're done. But actually, that's just the start of another journey of of being a parent. And so you've, in a sense, you've you've given birth to the Annapola 
transaction and now the hard work begins no time to relax absolutely in fact um because uh, we we're waiting a few documents we ended up closing a couple of days later than originally planned um with argonaut and it meant we were on the project and it was kind of like being in your own house when you close the purchase it feels different when you're there as the owner and it's pretty exciting because of what we think we can deliver um what we've what the work that we've done and you know over the last couple of months you know the advantage of it taking time to do the financing is that we were ready to go and we've really hit the ground running. Uh, and you've just published a PEA, sorry, a pre-feasibility, you've, sorry, you've updated the pre-feasibility study from 2017. But in, uh, as I understand it, that was an open pit uh, scope and you're now going to discard it. But, uh, so why did you do that? Sorry, talk more information, please, on kind of that whole process. Yeah, to peel you back to the opportunity that we saw. So Anna Paul is a 1.4 million ounce deposit at just under 2.2 grams per tonne. It is permitted for open pit mining and it has a PFS completed on it or had a PFS completed on it in 2017 by Halio. They, they were pushing full steam ahead. They even got 400 metres of decline, an expiration decline into the ore body or in towards the ore body. Um, unfortunately for them, they ran out of money. Their operating mines in Sonora and Nevada um, started losing money and they ended up being acquired or merged with Argonaut Gold at the beginning of 2020. Argonaut had commenced building Magino, so they put this on the shelf. You know, they, their acquisition was focused on those producing assets, particularly in Nevada. And so this has sat there with no work being done on it, just holding costs for the last few years. And so, you know, Argonaut obviously attracted to getting a bit of cash from its non-core assets, um, were open to doing a deal. Um, we were the successful applicant with our proposal last year. And so we decided to buy Anapola when we saw this high-grade core that is a lot more attractive and a lot more capital efficient and a lot technically simpler than the proposed open pit. And so we plan to rescope Annapola as a high-grade underground over the next six months. Um, and then we, we think we can be the next gold producer in Mexico. Just, just in those kind of headline figures, kind of 1.4 million ounces um, with the open pit and the underground combined in your kind of global resource. Uh, just from the... Um, am I wrong in thinking that the, 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 you're, you're looking at a production rate of around 86,000 ounces per annum? Was that from the from the Rescope PFS, which isn't relevant? No. So that's if you, if you go to our presentation, um, we have a set of, uh, I call them conceptual NPV targets because we've got to do the, the requisite work. They were the work that we did um, to justify acquiring the project to ourselves. And so we, we have a base case, a genuinely conservative underground mine scenario that's 1725 gold it's conservative recoveries that gives us eight years at 86,000 ounces a year it gives us a 33 percent post-tax irr and the economics that nearly every gold company today would pull the trigger and construct on but what got us really excited about anapola is what we can deliver beyond that um, because there was no underground mine plan um, we assumed constant head grade we know we're going to get much higher grade by doing the mine sequencing work. And that has a huge impact to the NPV. Um, we see upside in the resource growth. The high grade panel within Annapola is about 750,000 ounces at about five and a half grams. It's in a zone that's 250 meters long by 100 meters tall by 60 meters wide, um, a broad disseminated zone. Um, there's holes in Annapola like you know, over 250 meters at seven grams you know, over 110 metres at 11 grams. It's some spectacular high grade that support that sort of five and a half gram core. And we think we can expand that. We think 
a combination of infill and expansion drilling, can lift this high-grade panel over a million ounces, um, can potentially even lift the grade from the current 5.5 grams, and that's going to be the backbone of the feasibility study. That's the backbone of the economics. We currently have about a 230 million NPV. We think we can lift that into the 400 to 600 million range this year. That's what we're targeting to do. Um, goodness, so much to talk about, uh, so much to discuss. Um, th- that that panel, that six, that se- let's call it, sorry, did you say 750,000 ounces roughly? Today, yes. Um, today. Um, is it closed off, when you talk about expanding it, is it closed off up dip? I, I, I can see that it's kind of, um, it's a plunging shoot. You know, how well constrained are the upper and lower portions? Yeah, good question. So Annapola as a whole is a big sea of low grade that still isn't defined, over 800 metres by a kilometre of sort of 0.3 to 1 gram material. And within that, there's these high grade zones. And the best of those is the high grade panel. It is open. uh, It comes to surface. Um, There's a gap of about 50 metres up dip where we think we can add ounces. And there's up to 50 metres down dip that we can add ounces. Eventually, you run into a fault where you lose it but no one quite knows exactly where that fault is. So there's the potential to drill up dip and down dip and add ounces. The other way that we think we can add ounces is you look at some of the drilling and there's a lot of sort of 15 to 20 metre space drilling and then there's a few 40, 50 metre gaps. And the resource modelling has dropped the grade in those gaps away from the data points. has been quite conservative, even though the holes each side have big long intervals of 15 gram gold. You know, I'm talking between 20 and 50 metres at 15 grams gold. And so that infill program can add 5 to 10 grams to those existing blocks. We think there's the potential for a ribbon of 15 grams per tonne gold through the centre of the high-grade panel. Um, it's a pretty exciting what that grade can do and what it means to the economics. Especially when you've got decent thicknesses. I mean, if you're actually talking about a kind of a, a true thickness of 50, 60 metres, then that that can bulk up um, ounces quite quickly. Yeah, that's one of the knocks in these narrow vein systems is if you miss the, the 5, 10, 15 gram vein, you're mining zero grade Mexico. If we miss the 15 gram zone, we're hitting 12. If we miss the 12 gram zone, we're, miss, we're mining 10. It's a much more forgiving ore body to mine underground. That's one of the key reasons why we're going underground. Um, access high grade quicker, um, not have economics focused on the low grade, um, and we can bulk mine underground. You know, two and a half thousand ton per day mill can produce a lot of gold very efficiently. Um, am I right in thinking that um, the the kind of the Aussie approach to this would just be to say we'll drop the cutoff grade to point one and we'll take the whole lot in a big open pit? I mean, um, or perhaps perhaps that's the the approach. That's the re the reworked approach, having already taken the high grade out. I mean, because that's what the super pit in Kalgoorlie is. But that was after they'd mined the high grade, I guess. Yeah, our, our view is so. One of the one of the challenges that the deposit has in in, in the eyes of some investors is that, that you only get the lower recoveries, the seventy percent recovery in a conventional circuit, and so to go with the open pit scenario, um, Alio had to propose um, atmospheric oxidation to improve the recoveries. The open pit wouldn't have worked. You've got to mine too much low grade to get to the high grade, and you've got okay. to make low grade work. And so they yeah. proposed atmospheric oxidation to improve the recoveries, to justify you know, higher throughput. And so our view is there's technical risk introduced in that. We have no interest in that approach. Our view was, why don't we forget about the low grade? Go straight into the high grade, um, lower tonnage mine, um, 
two and a half thousand ton per day mills up the most conventional circuit, even the grades we're talking about, um, we would get a great economic outcome. Plus, there's actually a little bit of optimization that could come. There's there's no looking at, at removing the preg-robbing carbon in the float circuit. There is coarse grain gold here and gravity recoverable gold, 20% gravity recoverable gold in the PFS. That's likely to be higher in the high-grade domain. So there's a couple of nice options that by accepting the lower recovery that's already got a good economic outcome, if we can improve that and we'll deliver that as part of the rescope, we'll have the met work out um, by the end of the third quarter, we actually have quite nice upside. It's between 45 and $85 million to the NPV, depending on where you waterfall it, every 5% improvement to the recovery. And so it probably leads into our rescope in what we're doing. In the drill program I talked about starting next week, um, that's going to give us our first drill results by the end of May. I think the market's forgotten how good of a, the core of Annapola is. We'll consistently be drilling 20 to 50 plus metres at 10 to 15 grams gold. Um, then we'll deliver the mine sequence work by the middle of the year. And we put out a press release out on this just before Easter, um, that if you want, it's really our report cards for the year. We will put out um, the, the mine sequencing work by the middle of the year. And if we can bring ounces forward, that has a tremendous impact on the economics. Then we'll put out the metallurgy by the end of the third quarter and a resource update by the end of November. We think, you know, we're internally working to lift that NPV into that 400 to 600 million range. And obviously that's a massive re-rating on our share price today. And that's not two years, three years, four years away. That's six, seven months away for us to deliver those steps. What's the, what's the basic geology here? Where, what, 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 are, what are we looking at? What kind of deposit? Yeah, incredibly simple geology. Um, a cross between a sort of a scan and a hydrothermal gold system. It's limestones that have granodiorite intrusions come in. Um, they cook um, around the outside of those. Um, there is a bit of a structural control that I don't think has been super well understood. The high-grade panel, we think is a high-angle or low-angle fault that meet that created a great plumbing network. Um, but very simple, limestone, granodiorite, and a whole series of breaches in between that make great host rocks. And uh, f- mineral-rich fluid flow coming through. To, to, to amplify that, you know, to the south, of 25 k's to the south is Torex. That's over 15 million ounces in mined and resources. You know, 35 k's away is Los Feliz, 20 million ounces mined, resources, reserves. You know, you can create some monster deposits in this belt. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the minerality, I mean, you've... Sp- you, you, you've- you have used the word refractory and preg-robbing carbon. Uh, is that in the form of graphite? Um, no. So it's one of the interesting questions. It's not, you know, the, the, the mineralization is hosted in pyrite and arsenopyrite. Um, it's not well understood exactly the nature of that, of, of whether it's encapsulation of the gold in the arsenopyrite to get technical, whether it's a carbon, whether it's copper potentially. We're starting to show some signs. Um, we're starting to learn a bit more, but we've got a bit more work to do before we talk about that publicly. Uh, we're getting some quite encouraging results there. Our view is that we know we can get, worst case scenario, 70% recovery, and we can make money from that, very good money. Uh, we think there's some nice opportunities in improving that um, by understanding that network, doing comprehensive network through a flotation and CLL circuit um, and getting that better outcome. But very straightforward sulfide mineralization with interesting for a partially refractory gold body a lot of gravity recoverable gold um, that's quite unique actually and points to maybe better results down the line it kind of makes me wonder whether 
there's kind of a petrographic or a, or a mineralogical kind of exercise to be done as part of that metallurgical test work before you decide does design your met test work really understand the the, the 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 genesis or kind of the the um the location and why the gold is where it is and then you can try and work about how to get it out correct yeah well, well, what i'd call a gold deportment study um you should be working for us merlin we started that in january we're getting our first results back um and they're looking pretty encouraging there's a lot of free gold in the high grade part of this system um and it's coarser than we expected um two things that point to better outcomes but I don't want to get too far over our skis. We've got a lot more work to do there. We're just encouraged with what we're seeing in step one. And you're spot on. Go back to basics, understand the location and nature of the gold, and then work out the optimal recovery. Uh, we actually internally see Metwork as, as quite a nice upside opportunity for us. Yeah, good. The other thing, um, just, just going back to the kind of the ore body, and I'm always really interested in vertical ounces per, per meter because in an underground ore body, it's a lot of the... Uh, problems arise when you have so much development for a limited gain on your kind of your 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 um, flitch plan on how much metal you get on a on a level. Um, what's your mining method that you're thinking out at the moment? Yeah, this is you know it's subvertical and quite wide. It's it's quite a yeah um, should be amenable to underground mining. Uh, absolutely. So again, we're putting the cart before the horse. Um, we're doing the geotech work in the current drill program that'll show how big a spaces we can keep open. Again, the evidence is pretty good. You know, it's a silicified limestone, great host rock for building an underground mine in. Um, we're likely to go with long hole or, or terminal stoping, you know, a bulk underground mining method. Um, we know that today there's just short of 4,000 ounces per vertical meter in the top 350 meters of the ore body. Um, as you know, that's a great result. You know, we can get a lot of ounces for very little development. And to reinforce that, you know, this project's had 75 million US dollars spent on it in the past. That includes 400 meters of a decline. So we only need to spend another 4 million US to flatten that out and push that into the ore body. So we can, for a very little amount of development, as a function of how close it is to surface and the development that's been done, you know, have a much lower capex than people would expect here. Sorry, how much am I? I was trying to think of my next question when you said, um, uh, "How much more you need to spend to be able to push that onto your um, onto your body?" So uh, four million US, so five thousand dollars a meter um, for eight hundred meters, and a bit of development work beyond that. It's it, it's amazing how little amount we have to spend to get a long way in this ore body, and it's truly a function of you know we bought the project for thirty million total. That you know the project being bought for one hundred and twelve million in two thousand and fifteen. It's had at least $75 million spent on it. Um, we're very fortunate that we've bought an asset for a lot less than it would cost us to discover and drill off, permit and study it. Um, we're really piggybacking on a lot of sunk capital here. And you've um, compressed a timeline because that, that all takes time. Exactly. So we can, you know, feasibility study next year, construction decision at the end of 2024, you know, 18-month construction period. I don't know a gold project for, the, for a new gold project in Mexico that could be in production quicker than us. Now, we can pretty much almost buy out the Lassonde Valley of Depression, for those who know, um, by coming in with this new vision so late in the project. Yeah, yeah gotcha. When you're doing pre-feasibility studies and feasibility studies, it's always useful to be able to refer to local operations to kind of benchmark your real 
what, how much it actually costs to run an operating mine. You know, what is an actual cutoff grade in in Mexico as opposed to kind of Australia or anywhere else? Do you have analogs which are operating similar? operations that kind of give you a, a handle on costs and have you got visibility into those economics yeah so um one of the really big advantages is i touched on torex operating you know the world's 10th biggest gold producer is operating 25 k's away and they've got they're transitioning from their open pit to the underground in fact two operating underground mines um same deposit type same mining method um we couldn't ask for a better set of comps um, so the contractors that we're using, you know, are familiar with the jurisdiction um, and give us a really strong um, finger on the pulse of up-to-date cost of labour, of concrete, um, of every service that you could think of. Because what we're proposing to do is being done in the same valley in the same community, twenty k's away. Good, always useful. Um, <clears throat> Mexico's come under a, a bit of taken a bit of flack for its attitude to uh, environmental permits, uh, to security of tenure and title. Um, and I know that each of the states is has, has got slightly different uh, nuances to it. But um, are you getting any pushback from investors on um, Mexico as a jurisdiction? Yeah, I think you know the recent proposals aren't great for mining in Mexico. Um, they seem like a bit of a thought bubble as well. I think a couple of things stand out to us. You know, the first is I can't see the big Mexican mining companies, Peñoles and Fresnillo, um, accepting those. Um, so I think either during the consultation period um, that's required for the government, or legally you'll see challenges to those. Um, it makes existing projects and existing permits a lot more valuable. You know, we have the open pit permit. Luckily for us, underground permits are still routinely being granted. And we propose to go from the more difficult to get permit to the easy to get permit. And, you know, we can still build all our infrastructure on the open pit permit. We can continue the decline on the current permit for the decline. Um, our plan is to just modify that permit in parallel with the feasibility study um, and producing assets or permitted assets become a lot more valuable. Um, any regime that's making it harder, and it's not just Mexico, you're seeing it all around the world that jurisdictions are making mining harder. Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly not any um, any easier. Um, just what what were the proposals? Remind me, kind of what are the headline proposals from the from the in terms of changes to the royalty or the tax um, regime? Yeah, so um, the two big notes that, that I sort of or, or our councils point out that come out of it is one is if you want new tenure and new applications in Mexico, um, it's now a, a public period, a public consultation um, involving the government and the community. So it takes away that private competitive advantage. Um, and the second one is a proposal to limit um, tenure um, to 15 years plus a renewal. Um, there's some debate about what's the length of that renewal down from the previous 50 years. Um, so for big copper mines in particular, that'd be quite punitive. Um, so I think there's quite a bit more water to go under that bridge. Yeah, well, let's hope so. My goodness, this, the whole world, I think, needs more mining. Just uh, if, it, I mean, quite apart from gold, but on the kind of the, the decarbonisation route. But that is another topic of conversation. Um, let's talk about your shareholder register uh, who came in on the financing, what the shareholder register looks like now, and uh, what, what your cash position is. Correct. So it was quite, you know, the, the, the transformative nature of the acquisition meant that we did bring in quite a few new shareholders. Um, some of them can name include Franklin Templeton was our lead order. 
Um, Adrian Day, Asset Management. Eric Sprott came into the financing. Uh, Phoenix Gold Fund have been a good long-term supporter of the company. So one of the one of the some side benefits of how difficult it's been to raise money in the last few months is the strength of the register that you get as a result. You know, a lot of high net worth, a lot of long only gold funds came in, uh, lifted our institutional owning to up to fifty percent. Um, so yeah, quite fortunate that groups that I consider to be pretty savvy investors um, saw the opportunity that we see um, and gave us a very strong register from that perspective. Um, we raised the 20.4, as I touched on, it led to 148 million shares on issue. Um, we, after we made the initial payment for Annapola, we're at 6.8 million cash in the bank today. Did I see somewhere you got, um, is it about another kind of 60 million in terms of options and warrants? Is, is, is that right? So your total diluted is around 227 or something? Uh, yeah, in that 220 range, I don't have the numbers in front of me for our fully diluted, you're correct. That'd bring in um, approximately $12 million if we went fully diluted. Um, those, you know, bulk of those warrants are at 30 cents um, and are already in the money. So um, they would bring quite a considerable cash injection as well if they were to be full, if we were to go to the fully diluted number. And were they linked to the, the capital raise you've done to, to the so, deal? So our financing was at 22 cent Canadian um, with a half warrant at 30 cents for three years. Um, we had to make. Um, we didn't want to go with a full warrant, so we made the half warrant attractive, and um, to, to raise this capital, we believed it was going to be an accretive transaction, um, and it's proven to be so since we've returned to trade. I think most importantly, though, um, you know, even you know, we're trading at 0.15 NAV. You know, our peers are trading at 0.3. So on what we have today, I think you can see that you know that melt up in our share price. I think we should be closer to 100 million market cap. And then once we deliver over the next six to eight months, I genuinely believe there's five to 10x potential. Um, just when you look at our peers without cherry picking to make that look sweet. If we deliver, um, we've got a very valuable mind and at a standard discount rate to that, um, we should be a much higher share price than we are today. Um, I, I think just, just going through what you've been talking to, um, for me, I think the thing that stands out that will kind of get the market's attention will be that early drilling. So, you know, if, uh, if you can pull some infill drilling out to demonstrate that the, you'll be looking at a higher, not a lower grade than the five and a half, even though the final number will only come out later in the year, but just kind of as, as a flavor, I think that would um, certainly help. Um, what's the timing on the drill rigs and um, kind of assay turnaround? I, I know it's it's always dangerous to pinpoint things, but roughly. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have the rig at site next week. Um, assay turnaround is pretty good in Mexico. It's two to three week turnaround. Um, so we're guiding to first results by the end of May. Um, you know, one of the things that I think we can do that will show the market that we can add ounces is we can show our projected drill holes and what we expect the result to be from the resource model. Um, just a bit of that calculation. And we can show what we actually hit. Um, and show the percentage improvement to either the grade or the, or the overall length at times grade. And I think that's going to be quite an interesting way to show the market that we're on track with our view that um, the resource model is conservative, but the geology is consistent. And so those infill drill programs have the potential to add hundreds of thousands of ounces, um, lift us over the million ounce mark just in the high grade core. And I think that's going to be a nice way to show that um, a nice way to validate whether we're on track with that. 
um, starting in seven weeks from today. The the, the flip side, um, it, I guess, is that on on a new deal, there's always this shareholder turnover that you spoke about, and it, 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 I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if there's there is quite a lot of kind of soaking up of retail that wants to change, but it's perhaps not buying into the new story or or is taking advantage on a price gain after um, a bumpy year last year. So it's always, I mean, I, I think we come back to the, the, the Denver Gold Forum. If you can find a Swiss investor who's willing to buy on the open market and hoover up some loose loose stock, that would be the, uh, a superb outcome. Yeah, I think you see it in our volume too. We've done very strong volume for the last couple of weeks. Um and fortunately for us, um, even before we came to Switzerland, we've had a lot more buyers. Um, the people who might want to have not followed the new approach. Um, so you see, you know, our stocks melting up quite nicely. Um, I think we have, I think we have moved through that quite comfortably. Um, I think, I think we're just going to continue to re-rate just on a standard peer analysis, let alone those next steps. But you're right, you do have to go through some of that. We've probably traded six, seven, eight million shares today. There's probably only about 20 million free float today. And, um, and we probably turned over six or seven million of those in the last two weeks. You'll have to keep an eye on the treasury, of course. You know, 6.8 million is a million in the, in the in the bank is good, but it's not uh, a multi-year program. So I, I, I presume at some stage during the course of 2023, probably the in the latter half, you'll be looking ahead. You're suggesting juniors have to raise money, Merlin. Oh well, <laughs> it's a it's a fact of life. <laughs> tax deathman and juniors raising um, the taxman death and juniors raising money. A little a little more seriously, our view was that you know we were doing it from a fairly low base. Um, you know we raised money at a point one nav, so we went we had enough money to do the rescope as we lay out, and we think we should be re-rating, and we're on that journey. Um, so it's less diluted to do it in multiple steps. Uh, but you're spot on in that we will need to raise additional capital for the feasibility study next year. And that's going to be a function of market conditions on how we approach that. Go gold. Charles, thank you very much. Well, um, I've, I've feel as if I've learned a huge amount about the company in a short space of time. Uh, it's over to you really now to deliver. Uh, no pressure. Um, no, that's, but that, I can... that's the pressure we want. You know, We've got the funding. We've got a new vision for the asset that we think is a lot more profitable. We think we can grow the value of the deposit massively. We want that pressure because that's how we can make money. Well, I look forward to talking to you again when you come back with a uh, a rip snorter of a of a drill hole. I'll be very happy to go through it with my metaphoric hand lens. We'll um, we'll do our best and we'll enjoy that conversation. Thank you very much, Mel.